0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. And today I'm sitting once again with Eric D of Meth Syndicate. Eric
1: rest in peace parks man yeah he was a good, was a good dude so yeah, he was a great you're dude. gonna introduce me before you say the co-host died yeah well you know priorities <laughs> here, I am, here i am in the flesh baby no
0: parks is fine he's just dying of a busy schedule um but also this is a really good episode for you to be on because i feel like you might have concocted some planet hollywood joke I, in the past i've
1: dabbled in my day for sure yeah I've green screened it. I've, I've, I've been to a couple. We can talk about that. Oh,
0: we're going to get there. Sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh, I just ruined it. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) today's dump,
0: it's, it is planet Hollywood, which is easily one of the most requested topics in dump history. Um, especially recently now that we've covered most other things that are commonly suggested to us. And this is kind of like a culinary dump. Like we, you know, we like to do our food dumps. This is a culinary dump. We're talking about a restaurant, but, um, Yeah. We're talking about planet Hollywood. So why is planet Hollywood a dump? Well, Planet Hollywood is a dump because at its height, it was one of the most recognizable brands in the history of the restaurant business. But due to the sheer abundance of Planet Hollywood hype, merch, and locations, it popped its own bubble and failed miserably. Planet Hollywood was a themed restaurant boasting one of the most unique dining experiences one could have. Between the -the over-the-top decor, celebrity endorsements, and rapid growth, Planet Hollywood captured the imaginations and appetites of millions of people. Until they actually went to one. Planet Hollywood's business model became a guide to what not to do when expanding one's business and has become one of, if not the most talked about, failed restaurant franchises ever. Uh, that's why this is a dump.
1: Oh, absolutely. This is the, uh, this is the Hard Rock Cafe of movies. Yes, that fucking drowned almost immediately.
0: And people tell us all the time, they're like, oh, you should do hard rock. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, there's hard rocks everywhere you go.
1: Yeah, there's nothing silly about it yet. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. There's, well it there's is plenty, silly. Yeah. There's plenty silly, <laughs> but there's nothing uh, tragic or, like, fucked up enough. To it's be still around. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and mind you, and we'll get to this uh, towards the end, but Planet Hollywood is still around, but in a very limited capacity. Uh, all right, so welcome to Planet Hollywood. By the time the 1990s rolled around, theme restaurants were nothing new. As a matter of fact, theme restaurants were seen as somewhat passe. But this did not stop Robert Earle and Keith Barish from embarking on the most ambitious themed culinary venture the world had ever seen. Before we get to the palace of dreams that was Planet Hollywood, we must first give you a bit of background on the minds behind it. The uh, Frankenstein and Igor, if you will.
1: Oh, yeah. Because when I came over, I was, Ryan was like, "Do you know Planet Hollywood? You know the the history." And I was like, "Yeah, like Bruce and Arnold." And and he's like, "Oh no no no, there's two like actual dudes behind this." Yeah, yeah. Between,
0: be, behind every Bruce and Arnold, there's like I was like, "There's no way guys. they thought of this."
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be too. That'd be too mid, easy. mid like pinnacle of their career. Like, yeah. Oh, why don't we? Yeah. Why, why don't do we start like a fucking, fucking restaurant? Stupid yeah. restaurant. <laughs> nope. Nope.
0: So Robert Earl born May 29th, 1951 is somewhat of a maverick in the world of themed restaurants. Earl grew up in the UK and got an honors degree in hotel and catering management, essentially the UK's version of a master's, which he put to use in 1972 with his first restaurant, beef eater, a medieval themed restaurant, not to be confused with medieval times, which I know you've been to one. I've been to it several times. Yeah. I, uh,
1: I have been to Medieval Times, and I got the um, the, the uh, cable guy seats Yeah, <laughs> because I wanted to recreate it. Yeah, yeah. It was great. The uh, the guy, the prince man that walked through, yeah. picked my wife and gave her a rose. I was going to
0: say, the waiter or?
1: The... Yeah, everyone. No, the waiters are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the waiters are peasants at Medieval Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was fantastic. So this place was called Beef Eater? Yeah. Like the gin? Yeah, like the gin.
0: That's a big common... That British that name thing, always weirds
1: me out in general for like for a gin name. It sounds like a
0: metal band. It, it's, it's like, "Oh, dude, Beefeaters back. They're opening for the Melvins." In Gwar. Yeah, in Gwar. <laughs> yeah, Beefeater. Yeah, meat
1: Sandwich. Sandwich.
0: <laughs> so he went on to open several other overly UK themed restaurants, most notably Shakespeare's Tavern, which you can imagine what that is. Writing on the success of his UK establishments, Earl moved to Orlando, Florida, where he met with Disney in an attempt to sell some of his concepts to Disney World's Epcot. A deal was never reached. So Earl went on to open several medieval and wild West themed restaurants throughout the sunshine state. Yeah, like there's medieval times, but it then seems there's like cultural ones.
1: appropriation. That yeah, a, yeah, you came on here, bro. Yeah, he's like, oh,
0: Planet Hollywood and fucking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, there's. I mean, there's plenty of Wild uh, West. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All these things that are just like, well, medieval is. Very unique. That in the one's UK. fine. Yeah, that one's but Wild fine. West. What do you know about that shit?
1: Yeah, you fucking poser. Yeah, you
0: fucking poser. <laughs> so during that time, he formed his company, President Entertainment, and he eventually merged his company with Pleasureama PLC in a deal that
1: grossed him about sixty-three million dollars. That's before any of the fame, like. Obviously, they're not famous to us because we're younger than when that shit was around. But $63 million back then off a fucking Shakespeare's-themed restaurant. Beef eaters. uh, Non-IP and non-licensed things. Just general ideas. Just stuff. What? I mean that's fucking sick good yeah, for him dude yeah just stuff and, well, and by that time he had 70
0: restaurants he owned 70 restaurants that's
1: bonkers so it's crazy I feel like the internet ruined everything with kitschy shit yeah so back then people were like yo this dude's killing it yeah you know? it's like
0: the last the only bastion of like the last bastion of fucking themed shit that still does well are like tiki bars
1: sure and even that's under fire now you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know but like medieval times is like struggling like pirates adventure which is a subsidiary Area of medieval times which is right next to the medieval times that you guys went to but it's pirates and there's a ship in the water it's awesome Um, you've been to that one yeah but if you guys want to hear more about that you have to subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash culturedumps where me and uh past couple times host andy discuss our times going to dinner theater and we go in at length about pirates adventure okay yeah (laughs) so the first order of business after merging the two companies together was to acquire the themed restaurant giant, the hard rock cafe. Shortly after the acquisition, Earl became the CEO of the hard rock under Earl's leadership. The chain grew from seven locations to 22. He then sold the brand in order to pursue his dream of founding the perfect themed restaurant chain. Enter Keith Barish. Now, Keith Barrish, born November eleventh, nineteen forty four, is most well known for his work as a film producer. Barrish founded his own production company, which partnered with 20th Century Fox as well as TriStar Pictures. And that TriStar deal deal that he did was worth an astounding two hundred million dollars. Yeah, crazy. So this guy's very successful actually in movies, which is, is important.
1: This is eighties, nineties, seventies. Eighties, early eighties, yeah. Eighties yeah. money too. That's like Big. A lot more money it, now. This is huge. Yeah.
0: So, Barish's executive producer credits included Endless Love, Sophie's Choice, Big Trouble in Little China, The Monster Squad, one of my favorites, and The Fugitive, just to name a few. But he also played himself in The Last Action Hero, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, who will pop up again shortly. Um, so, essentially, you have these two super successful dudes. One majorly successful executive producer the other a theme restaurant giant yeah you know and the one thing that he saw was there's not one for movies most likely because to acquire the license to do anything involving a major motion picture is a big deal unless you have someone like keith barish who knows the ins and outs
1: sure or, or studio connections things exactly. that are fully licensed with studios yeah something
0: yeah. I keith barish would have that robert brilliant yeah now the exact date is hard to pin down, but Robert Earl and Keith Barrish met in the late nineteen eighties. It was during their first encounter when Earl pitched the idea for a cinema-themed restaurant to Barish.
1: How much coke do you think they're on? Oh, like they're more like, than dude, we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. hard rock cafes, music, you know? Yeah, like but, just a basic combo. But guess
0: what? Movies. Yeah, you do movies. I do restaurants. Let's <laughs> let's make the two fuck, oh, and then we'll yeah exactly let's shape
1: it like the earth. Yeah, <laughs> it should be a whole
0: planet. Yeah, <laughs> fuck America, no, it's the planet. Yeah, yeah no Hollywood, fuck that. No Hollywood Cafe,
1: Planet Hollywood. Planet
0: yeah the idea was to have a state-of-the-art restaurant with the star power of a summer blockbuster each restaurant would be filled to the brim with authentic film memorabilia and the environment would be vaguely reminiscent of a Hollywood film set now on October 22nd 1991 in New York City this dream became a tacky reality and the first Planet Hollywood location was opened it wasn't open in Hollywood <laughs> okay That's just... is that Times Square you think yeah, oh 100% yeah. Ugh.
1: Not even, like, but which is funny because people <laughs> in New York hate California. Yeah, like, I think a lot. I think most people do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Yeah, like why not? Hollywood do that? rules, dude. Hollywood is uh, Hollywood is a fucking giant playground. It is stupid and it sucks. But boy, am I having a goddamn blast here. Exactly. Yeah, I can't believe it wasn't open in Hollywood. Yeah, did well, they? Why open, would it? Did,
0: did they open one in Hollywood? Uh Eventually, yes. Okay, in yeah, Beverly up, Hills yeah, yeah. and everything else. Okay, got it. Now, the brand was backed by celebrity ambassadors such as Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis, and Whoopi Goldberg. The, the-
1: wild card. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, the biggest action stars yeah. on the planet See, and that, that, Whoopi Goldberg. That's
1: the expendables movie that I want. Yeah. Bruce Willis, Arnold, fucking and then Whoopi Goldberg. is like, me too, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring her. We need to bring in the wild card. I brought T-Rex with me.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The use of celebrity. I brought
1: Ted Danson with me. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, If you don't know about that, guys, um, just Google Ted Danson Whoopi Goldberg and um, have fun with that. So (laughs) the use of celebrities as the face of the company gave the illusion that they owned the company. But in reality, they were given a stake in the business as payment. And for a while, that proved to be very lucrative for those actors. They didn't have to invest any of their own money in this shit. It was just like, hey, just show up.
1: I spoiled that earlier. But yeah, yeah, yeah. When Ryan mentioned it, I was like, yeah, it's owned by Bruce and it's the Expendables restaurant. Yeah. Essentially, right? I would go there. Um, So yeah, so they only had stakes in it. And just like, we'll we'll pay you X amount. If yeah, you just you, endorse you it and show, the, up, yeah, drinks, show up, we get free drinks, wear a fucking denim jacket. Yes. And you're good.
0: Which, by the way, uh, I wanted to mention, folks, if you do subscribe to our Patreon, you will be personally playing a part in me acquiring a Planet Hollywood denim jacket. Ooh,
1: you hear that? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Hold on, <laughs> That's I'm subscribing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <text thing. laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe I should say it again. Uh, so, okay, here's what a Planet Hollywood looked like. Every single location was different. Mind you... We haven't gotten to where they're expanding yet, but every location was different. The outside was insane. Like, one of the craziest ones I saw, I think it was in Orlando, it was an actual, like, globe that you go inside of, and they had, like, movie cars crashed outside. That's
1: one out of two I've been to. Yeah. Was Orlando. Okay. And it was, like, I think, like, the biggest, like, deal one. Yeah. Okay. It's Disney-fied.
0: Well, exactly. And the thing is, with Planet Hollywood, is these were big fucking restaurants like, in general, they, on average, they sat anywhere between 200 to 500 people. Yeah. That's a huge, huge space. Um, and, the, yeah, there would be props everywhere. Some of the more elaborate ones had, like, say, like, oh, this was the ship model used in a Star Trek movie. So it's big, but it's not the size of a fucking spaceship. Sure. And that's hanging from the ceiling. The one that I went to when I was a kid, we sat next to, in a nice, ornate case, a autographed script of the cable guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, that just to bring Cable Guy back around. Could have been Schindler's List. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. bummer.
1: <laughs> I, just, does this come with onion rings? Oh, names? you get our <laughs> finest
0: table, the Hotel Rwanda table. Yo, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. boy. It's like, God damn it. Son yeah. Of
1: bitch. Yeah, yeah
0: e- exactly. But don't worry, folks. I have plenty of movie food-themed <laughs> puns coming later. Um, also, the paint job, it was always like zebra stripe with neon. It was like Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face <laughs> as a restaurant. <laughs>
1: I do like if you felt the walls, it would be like 3D feeling like it's like his face. Or it's the-
0: like, oh, like fur, leather, fur, suede, fur, like just like, what the fuck? And like everyone. Yeah. But besides the decor, everything else was incredibly normal. The menus weren't anything to write home about. It's bur- it's the same menu that like you would see at a Chili's or an Applebee's yeah. or any restaurant that has a commercial that sounds like this. You're a man who knows what he wants. And a man who knows what he wants gets what he deserves. You deserve two-for-one Santa Fe egg rolls and brisket sliders only for a limited time at Dunk's Cafe.
1: Yeah, you know the type. Like, I'm on my way to Dumps Cafe right now. <laughs> I'm fucking putting my headphones down. Yeah, that means he actually has to go to the
0: bathroom. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, you know what's funny about that? Like, that bit of the, like, reading over the blues, um, there was a restaurant out here, speaking of theme restaurants, okay. um, which is the theme of this episode. Hello. Uh, there was Howell's Cafe, I think it was called, and, or Lowell's Cafe, but the weed company that makes the pre-roll joint. Lowell Farms. Lowell Farms. They I, had a restaurant.
1: I went. Okay, you went too. I went, uh, you go and I'll, I'll, I'll interrupt.
0: (laughs) I got, I got so, so this was a restaurant open in West Hollywood and the whole bit was like, you can buy weed there. So they give you two menus. You have two waiters. One is a bud tender. One is an actual food waitress. So you get your menu and it's like, do you want to buy an eighth an ounce? Like, do you want to rent a bong? Do you want joints? So my buddy, he took me out there for my birthday and I didn't even know this shit was open and we right sit next there. to target. Yeah. Right. next. Right.
1: It ain't open no more. Though. One
0: stop shop. Yeah. Target's <laughs> still there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> but, uh, so we get a, a pack of, like, six joints or something. And there's an ashtray on your table, fancy lighter from the restaurant. And we're smoking them. And I got – like, I smoke weed every fucking day. I got so high, I started doing the thing where you think you peed your pants. And you start touching your jeans yeah. to see if you peed. And then also the funny thing about eating there, maybe you had the same experience. Every 20 seconds, there's, like, a glass breaking.
1: Like, someone's so oh, high some that, dumb that they get up and, like, bump their table and knock their cups over. Yeah. So it's like it, – sh- It's sh- interesting that, obviously, like – in some sort of context that weed is safer than alcohol, just like, you know, just you, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, like in, cont- yeah, it, like in it, a way. But drinking six beers versus smoking six joints is a whole different ball game. Yeah. <laughs> no one's smoking six joints. A, that's a problem. B, I smoke fucking weed in every bar and restaurant I go to in Hollywood, regardless if it's legal or not. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'll smoke in the fucking movie theater. I don't care. L.A. is a fucking playground, and I will smoke weed in your goddamn bathroom or at the fucking table. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Eric D. will smoke weed in your bathroom. Oh, don't even talk about other drugs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, other drugs (laughs) are made for the bathroom. Dude, but I I, I went there, and I remember, like, yeah, same thing. I got, like, a six-pack and, like, smoked a joint with my buddy, and then I'm, like, onto my second joint, and, like... My fingertips are starting to brown from, like, the joint going down. (laughs) I'm trying to eat – really? The food sucked, by the way. Yeah, it
0: wasn't great. It was, like, uh, anything you would get at, like, any fancy cafe that only has five things on the menu.
1: I'm, like, holding a joint in my left hand, eating nachos in my right, and the smoke's, like, going into my eyeballs while I'm trying to eat (laughs) fucking nachos. Wait, you're trying to
0: smoke at the same time? Like, we smoked and then got time. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: high, man. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't sit down and do that immediately, but at at one point – and they don't serve alcohol. No, that's yeah. That's the thing because you That would have been crazy. That My been buddy, a blast. I, that's
0: what he kept that's, saying. He's that's like, our Can chain you imagine? restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It's called it's called twisty.
1: Crossfades.
0: Yeah, CrossFades. Crossfade Cafe. Yeah,
1: it's crossroad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not vegan. Dude, yeah, 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 exactly. Opposite. Yeah. I and mean, we only serve Slim Jims. But um mm-hmm. fucking like at one, I'm I'm like cussing like a Canadian, like fucking. So we're we're super high and like, dude, I'm like touching my pants. I'm like, did I pee? Like, no, I didn't. And then I start laughing hysterically because I'm like, damn, this is like high school shit. Like, and you see people like, you know, West Hollywood's like kind of hoity toity, and this is the newest place. Miley Cyrus was a part owner of it. Yeah. This very Planet Hollywood kind of on brand. Yeah, sure. And uh, so there was all these like. People there that you know don't really smoke weed, but they're like, well, this is the new thing. Oh, cannabis. I'll try some cannabis. Can't handle. And like, they're just like too high, breaking cups, like all the shit. But this blue song starts playing, and like, my buddy and I, we could not stop. My, my buddy IFL Ronnie. 65? No, no, Yeah, no, not the blues song, oh, a blues song. A blues song.
1: I thought <laughs> you meant Alpha <laughs> 65 came on. I was like, I would have lost my mind. No, oh, yeah, I would have kicked over the Yo, table. Yo, listen Ooh, up.
0: Yeah, I'm like, maybe that's what I was hearing. Maybe that was what I was listening to, but I was so high, I was hearing a like beating. <laughs> like, I love the blues. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I just love the Yeah, I'm blue too, man. <laughs> I'm blue. I'm blue. De- but uh, we start doing like this Chili's voice and uh, Ronnie, my buddy who I was with, we mentioned on our double down episode. He's the one that ate five double downs in a sitting uh, with a bunch of spectators. But he leans in and he goes, do you like pastramis piled sky high? I know you do. And I just like what? cry laughing and we couldn't stop doing that. But that's the kind of food, my point is that's the kind of food that Planet Hollywood has. Is, like, is the deep voice blue, like, Black Keys playing, and it's, like, Santa Fe egg rolls. Like, you know.
1: No no vegan options, like. No, 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 no. And the thing about that is, like, uh, brands like that are so focused on the image and, like, the kitschiness of it that they totally bottom tier the menu. Yeah. Well, and
0: that's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's my big point that I'll come to. Oh, sorry, I ruined it again. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> You can't ruin. You, there's no way to ruin the uh, what does it all mean portion. Like of I was the gonna show, say, because yeah. uh, I get too deep. I get, oh, I get, admittedly too deep. So the first location was an instant success, and by 1993, the company had opened locations in just about every major city in the world: London, Tokyo, Los Angeles, fuck New Orleans, you name it. Planet Hollywood did not only open in major tourist hubs, though. They also opened in smaller cities where they relied on local folk to keep the restaurants afloat. That seems like a mistake.
1: Yeah. For, for something called <laughs> like Planet Hollywood? How many Hollywood? times are you going to go to Planet Hollywood? The most unrelatable restaurant of all yeah. time to fucking... Yeah, but
0: now there's one in, like, fucking, uh, like, Sedona, Arizona. That's what I'm saying. Like, you like if you're
1: on vacation, it's relatable. You're doing it up. You're spending. Ooh, I'm spending three hundred bucks a night to be in Orlando. Yeah, ooh, we're doing it. You know, but like you put it in bumfuck nowhere. Like they're like fuck you. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're like seventeen dollars for a plate of chicken fingers. Like I'll go out in my field and kill it myself.
1: They just want ten cent beer night again. Ten
0: cent beer night. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Nice, nice. uh, Shout out to another past episode we did. So the most successful locations at their peak raked in an average of $15 million in profit every year. So they're doing well, they're doing way better than people think planet Hollywood did considering where it's at now. With each grand opening came a movie premiere like event. Red carpets would be rolled out and the celebs would roll in for pictures, ribbon cutting, and shitty burgers. No expense was spared when opening a Planet Hollywood, except maybe when it came to the food, which to most people, you know, both involved in the company and those who ate there, it was an afterthought. You didn't, like, you weren't going to Planet Hollywood being like, oh yeah, they have, they make such good this. Like that's not that's no. that's not the case. You're going there to see the bartender Heather and uh maybe choke down a couple chicken fingers before going to see fucking Jurassic Park Two Lost World. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know?
1: Like it might my, my so my wife used to work at hard rock. Sure. And and you're gonna bring this up obviously, but the turnover is one and done mentality. That yeah. is some tourist shit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that that's the whole deal. Um but Sly Stallone, aka Sylvester Stallone when when he was interviewed about this when it first opened, cause the celebrity ambassador thing that can't be understated. Like it makes it seem like they were just there for the first one, but no, every location that opened did these giant parties. Like Ann Nicole Smith was that one, our girl here on culture dumps who just hold tight. We will get to her. Um, Fucking Will Smith. The the Smiths. <laughs> okay. But like like there would always be some A-list celebrity showing up and they would set up the red carpet and everything. So no matter where it opened, people would feel like, oh my God, this really is Hollywood. It, yeah. This is Hollywood. Um and Sylvester Stallone was interviewed on British television about this and he described this dining experience unlike any other. Well, it's just that because if, if it were just a regular burger joint, you're exactly right. No one would have any interest. But for people that want to come around and peruse the place, they'll see that it's kind of like eating in, in, on a movie set or going into a movie memorabilia museum. It's just full of artifacts and it, it, you just don't even think about the eating so much as having a good time and looking about. and. It's, it's like just one big sense of curiosity about it. So it makes an eating kind of a, a different experience. So yeah, but it's like, you well, so, trust I'm, him. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's not so much the food. It's, it's the atmosphere. Uh, yeah, it's you know, it's the experience. It's like, it's really like eating on a movie set. Where we actually eat better than you guys that are paying because we get catering. Uh, speaking of movie set catering, like, have you ever
1: have you been on like a, a catered set? Uh, me and my wife were in uh, Straight Outta Compton, the NWA movie, <laughs> and um, of course you were. <laughs> I know, and uh, I got a turkey sub with no condiments and no cheese or anything. It was just a couple of slices of turkey and like the driest bread I've ever had. Right, that was it.
0: Well, I remember um, I had this Goosebumps VHS when I was a kid, and it was for, I think, the one about the mask, you know? I'm sure people at home are like, it's called the fucking whatever. I don't remember. Well, that's a
1: new one. t-shirt right there.
0: But uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. Goosebumps and the mask. The whatever mask. Yeah. Yeah, the mask.
1: <laughs> Jim fucking carrying Smoking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, shout out to our swing revival episode. This, the Planet <laughs> Hollywood really encompasses so many things. Well, it's that, global. That it's ta- shaped ta- like a globe. Yeah, that, that, that we've talked about. Um, oh, I haven't even gotten to my list yet. I'm gonna find a way to, to shoehorn this in, even if I have to do it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's a fucking global thing. But this Goosebumps tape that I had, um, I remember it opened with like this behind-the-scenes vignette, and like the child actor's like the food's really good, and it showed like a catering table, and it was like gumballs, fucking M and Ms, like chocolate, just like candy, and yeah, like yeah. shit kids want. These kids are like, I made it. <laughs> like because like, but I'll tell you right now, having a barrel full of gumballs, which I have sitting next to me, uh, it's not what it's cracked up to be. No. Yeah, sometimes I just chew five to six gumballs at a time and spit it out the second the flavor goes. Oh away. yeah,
1: I got um, I got a vending machine for my office, like a candy one, and I put a bunch of candy in there because I like got this new office and I was all excited. Oh, sure. And for like the first two weeks I for tried For your my, clients. <laughs> I try I try yeah, for all my clients that come over. It's just Ryan. <laughs> uh, but like for, for like two weeks I tried to get myself diabetes and then I was like, All right, I gotta stop yeah, yeah. fucking it using didn't this work. thing. Yeah, yeah, no no more fistful yeah i came idiot. here for
0: diabetes all i got was a kidney stone. <laughs> right. so just four years into its existence planet hollywood replaced the hard rock cafe as the world's most popular themed restaurant in fact at their peak the las vegas and downtown disney locations were the most profitable restaurants in all of north
1: america whoa yeah, That's nuts.
0: Cra- I mean, well, it's probably because, like, a chicken finger costs nothing. You know, it's not like these guys, like, again,
1: profit-wise. Profit
0: there's restaurants that make millions of dollars that are super ritzy in quality. This was just pumping out shit because the hype. It's quality over quantity. Exactly. 100%. And, quantity, uh, you know,
1: the reverse of that. That's the whole
0: deal. Saying, yeah. By 1994, the annual growth of the brand was so high that Robert Earle decided to start another venture, the All-Star Cafe, which was essentially the planet Hollywood of sports. Like, where instead of it
1: being... Ken Griffey, Wayne Gretzky, Michael <laughs> yeah. Jordan...
0: I didn't even look into who he got for this because this was way shorter lived and wasn't as as popular at all. Sure. But the first All Star Cafe opened in New York as well, right next to Planet Hollywood, actually in 1995. He was also in talks to start a Marvel Comics themed restaurant called Marvel Mania, which did actually happen, albeit briefly, in 1999. Do you know where? Uh, I think it was in Los Angeles. I think it was like Universal Studios kind of deal, like City Walk kind of thing. We're too young. Um, but, like, there was also talk of a potential TV show. Like, let's, let's take your – this is so meta. Let's take your restaurant based on movies and TV and make it a TV show. Planet Hollywood Television? It was called Planet Hollywood Squares. And uh <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. know. that's just a we, and Planet, and Hollywood Squares already existed. But uh Roseanne was attached to that because Roseanne and Tom Arnold became part of the celebrity okay, ambassador sure. team when they were married, and she was gonna be like the host. The merch was also insane by this point. Planet Hollywood, their symbol, their original logo, was so recognizable, it was everywhere. It was like WB, like Disney. They opened like, up don't. their own Planet Hollywood superstores to just sell merch because who wouldn't want to buy? buy a t-shirt or a fucking denim jacket from a restaurant that you've never been to that there isn't even a restaurant in the store that you're going to Demi buy. Demi
1: Moore surface. might have worn one of these at one point. She and did. I need it. She did wear one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they all wore them. See, I, the thing with that is before the internet, options were so limited <laughs> that you could be like, this is what's up, and people would be like, yeah, I'm going to need that denim uh, Planet Hollywood jacket. Yeah. Well, that's what I said at yeah. the Exactly. Like, I, 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 I can't get that at Macy's. I got to go to the store to get it.
0: Right. Yeah. E- exactly. So they got so overzealous with their merch sales that they opened up just straight up like Buy Planet Hollywood shit from the standalone store. Celebrities
1: in the 90s are so rich now. So powerful. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. It, they made so much fucking money. It's awesome. <laughs> I know, <but> yeah.
0: <laughs> nowadays, you have to actually work for it now, by like nowadays, posting an Instagram I ad have, for I have friends. I
1: have friends in Grammy Award winning or Oscar award-winning movies that live in apartments.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, well, if only Planet Hollywood was here to give them a steak <laughs> in their apartment apart- planet-
1: apartment Hollywood apartment <laughs> Hollywood.
0: <laughs> That's good. 1996 was a big year for Planet Hollywood. Robert Earl and Keith Barish took their company public and its initial stock value was $18 a share. That's what it opened at. But by the closing of the first day of trading, the value had shot up to $32 per share. First day. Within hours. Yeah. It appeared that Planet Hollywood was set to take over, well, Planet earth uh now celebrities they were only given minor shares while earl and Barrish collectively owned 57 percent of the total shares okay. so they're raking in billions of dollars oh, yeah. at, at this point at the start of 1997 there were 50 planet hollywood locations around the world which raked in a collective 356 million dollar profit annually The profit, by this point, was growing about 30 to 40% annually, which was unheard of in the theme restaurant business. The obscene profit margin, coupled with the star power of the celebs involved, proved all too tempting for investors. However, as we learned with Beanie Babies, hype kills. You know, it's just like, here's the thing. If something as tacky as Planet Hollywood, I mean, fuck, it's a themed restaurant. Don't go betting the farm on this shit. Oh no. Bet a cow on this shit sure. and sell it once you triple the cow. Like you're ne- like it, it's just crazy.
1: It's like a SoundCloud rap.
0: Yeah. It's like signing a That's SoundCloud over. rapper. That's over. You know, now it's like that <laughs> now that style of rap. Is, has been taken over by the like by major labels, and now oh. no one gives a shit if you are on SoundCloud because that that became itself. yeah because
1: the original shit like Little Peep and stuff. Sorry, we're getting so off topic, but the organic cool shit Planet Peep, Planet Peep, the organic cool shit was was organic and and cool, right. and as soon as it becomes corporate like that, yeah, yeah, well, like, again, normies granted, will like it for one. Or two granted, years.
0: Planet Hollywood, you know, was corporate, but what what I feel like what Robert Earl and Keith Barris didn't realize was that there is only so many people on planet Earth. And if they all go on, to your on, restaurant once, on planet once, what? Uh, on planet Hollywood. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> but if, if everyone on the planet goes to your restaurant once, you make a fucking fortune. But you make it once. You know what I mean? You make there's that fortune once. There's a short
1: shelf life there.
0: Yeah, so like yeah. maybe open up another wave of them 20 years after when all these people that went once have kids.
1: And there's new celebrities.
0: And there's new celebrities and, and movies. new movies yeah. and everything That'd else. Be right. Yeah. So several competing celeb fueled restaurants became to or began to pop up. Oh no shit! Yeah, you had Robert De Niro's Tribeca Cafe. Not necessarily; it, it's not really the same. Just thing as owned though. He yeah. just owned it. Endorsed, and it, and it was actually founded a year before Planet Hollywood, but it got lumped in where it's just like Planet Hollywood, <laughs> like, <laughs> ro- like Robert De Niro's, and he was probably like, "Are you kidding me?" Was it a
1: single location? It's still open,
0: really. Yeah, it, Tribeca Cafe is
1: still a thing in New York. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah,
0: New York, and I think he has a couple other locations. But don't quote me on that. But Reba <laughs> McIntyre, she opened up the Country Star, which was a Planet Hollywood for country music, which for my money, I'm fucking
1: going to over all of them. Still open? No.
0: <laughs> 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 no, dude.
1: Do you think we'd be doing a culture dumps no, no, that was, no. all this shit Sorry, did really be, well? See, Ryan knows all the shit that I, I don't know about. So whenever he says something, I get excited. Well, he's I like, you, it's been closer to 20 years, well, man. Well, uh,
0: uh, if you check out Ryan's report this week, I, I mentioned Toby Keith, who's going through some tough times. But Toby Keith has... Has a country themed chain of restaurants called Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill, named after his song I Love This Bar. And that's themed as fuck, but Country Star was like more like here's what you gotta understand about Planet Hollywood. There's theme restaurants and there's like memorabilia restaurants, but Planet Hollywood was top to bottom. Like everything was in your face, you could barely oh, yeah. breathe in those places. There was so much. Shit. I remember
1: going up like a spiralish type of staircase to go to the bathroom and looking at like the Terminator Two leather jacket and like yeah. it was. I mean that's it's dope. dope. Yeah, but yeah, like you're not gonna be like, oh, I'm craving the $19 fucking Hollywood burger. No, it, yeah, it was- and,
0: and to call it a Hollywood burger was even a stretch. But also Steven Spielberg and I actually went to this one too, uh, Dive. Which was uh, submarine themed, so you would shut the fuck up, really? Yeah, you would go to this gigantic, huge submarine like that. I think it was yellow, but not like Beatles' yellow submarine. It was just a yellow submarine. Interesting. And uh, <laughs> it was called Dive, and you would sit there and be like boop boop, and there'd be like sirens and stuff. And there was like a periscope that would come down. You could look in, and like I fucking loved that place. I'd be like, um, you went? Oh yeah, I went with my grandparents like twice, and I'd be like, um, where was that? Uh, daddy, Daddy. Can we go to Dive? Or it's like my birthday. It's like, where do you want to go for dinner
1: for your, uh, Bob? Can we please go to Dive? Like Dive I'm was thirty seven. I would still ask that every single time. Yeah. But where
0: was it? it? Uh, fuck. Um, I want to say Santa Monica. Okay. I could be wrong. Sure. But yeah, check it out. Steven Spielberg's Dive. But then <sighs> the most bizarre and scandalous cause it turns out there was all this embezzlement or like crazy money scandal shit happening the fashion cafe and the fashion cafe was described as um couture's answer to planet Hollywood and that was backed by like Claudia Schiffer and Naomi Campbell and it was the fashion
1: cafe you know that's jumping the shark
0: man that is that's a shark jump yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. again another shout out to a Culture culturedome's episode but um Yeah, it's like, so that's fucking crazy. Like, I remember though, in the 90s, theme restaurants were booming. You had Rainforest Cafe. I know there's still a few of those out. People ask us to do that. That's not the same. Um, But Rainforest Cafe, also in my hometown, there was a place called Jugglers. And Jugglers was like prank themed. So, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, so like all the tables. This wasn't (laughs) like unique to Jugglers, other restaurants had this. But there'd be a phone. At your table and you have a number and you could call other tables. Okay. And like, oh, what'd you get? Oh, how was that? Like, you're like prank other tables. If you wanted to prank, call them. Oh, that's and, so like, sick. And, and when you walked in, there was a full, um, like, you know, the Hollywood toy and costume store. Yeah. Like where you walk in, you're standing on top of Frankenstein's lab. Yes. They had that in oh, the badass. restaurant, but it worked. It wasn't all, like, busted from, like, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I remember I ate there with my grandparents and my parents one night, and the waitress came by, and she's like, oh, you want some mustard, sir? And grabbed the mustard bottle off the table and squirted it at my grandpa, but it had, like, the rope yes, in it. I know the rope and he was thing. like, oh, oh, you got me. <laughs> and they had a magic shop, like, in the restaurant. Oh, my and my dad, I, I'll never forget it, I thought I just found paradise. I was like, oh, my God, Jugglers, this is the best restaurant. And we walk out after Eating my dad's like we're never going there again. And like, my
1: <laughs> heart is just like, like Daddy, no <laughs> yeah, yeah. the
0: mustard. <laughs> I was like, please, but they got the phones and I could Dude. I could talk to other
1: people. I love and I know this is a little off topic, we'll get back up, but I love how fucking how far that themes stray from the path. Like have you been oh, to, yeah have you been to Dick's Last Resort? Uh yeah, but isn't rest- their theme just like it's shitty? No, their theme is they're mean. Yeah. <laughs> the re- the theme of this restaurant is that they're mean and they put a fucking bag on your head like a right. hat and it's like I'm And fucking- right like fat yeah, like I don't deserve my wife. I'm a lesbian fatso, like, yeah. like <laughs> psycho shit, dude. And you're like, all right, like that's yeah, yeah, like, prize, man.
0: yeah. And you're like, wait, where's the line here where I'm allowed to complain? It's kind of the perfect business model.
1: Um, that's a that's a that shit's getting canceled in the next two. Oh yeah, yeah, oh
0: <laughs> totally. I, I went mean, to one. I
1: went to one last year in Boston. And like when I got back to LA, it was like gone. It was a closed forever. And I was like, "Thank no God shit. I went for one last fucking insult because holy shit." Well, yeah, thank God you did. And Dix is in the name. It's a oh, brilliant. Yeah, Dix last <sniffs> Chef's Kiss.
0: Oh God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I went to one um called Jurassic Restaurant. And, okay, and it was way. Wit- uh, let me take a guess.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was space themed. No, but uh, I, I dude, I had to drive all the way the fuck out to like, there's like hardcore factories and like like billows of smoke pouring out of stacks from these chemical treatment plants it long beach and then (laughs) no but close (laughs) to it and i I went there and um yeah it was like you know jurassic park themed but they didn't have any license to any of this shit and it was a taiwanese restaurant so it was all taiwanese i found
1: this on yelp when i moved to la and never made it down oh it's Fucking! It's, it's closed now, right? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. And it wasn't I, good. I remember seeing it and being like, oh fuck.
0: So there was like a giant like T Rex skeleton like in the middle of the room that you like sit under, and there's like like there's dinosaurs all around, but it's all like and they're all like scale, but they're sure. bones. And then everything's made like a cave, like fake cave rocks. But the waitresses,
1: Viva Rock Vegas themed. Yes,
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, yeah, very Flintstones. But but the waitresses, they all wore like. Whatever Halloween costume they felt like. So while you're in this like cave, caveman, fucking dinosaur bone yeah. themed shit, Jurassic restaurant, you might have like a sexy cop serving you, or like no a consistency se- there. Yeah, or like a sexy nurse, or so like they all just picked like whatever. Like their boss is like, yeah, the sexy just make it silly restaurant, like or sexy Halloween costumes, like and that's what they wore. Totally fucking berserk, Dude. like.
1: Crazy shit. There was another one in LA that I never got to go to, but I looked it up when I got here, and it might have been Culver City or something weird, but it was like toilet themed. Oh yeah we Well there's that? one in Japan too I know it was like there, the yeah. same type of thing But there was one out here Where it was just like Everything's a poopy and, <laughs> Yeah it's know? like Just walk outside But <laughs> I mean Dude in Glendale There, there was an Austin Powers themed I know bar. I moved the year after it closed Because of COVID uh, And I like Want to fucking hang myself Yeah for never That, that
0: would have been fucking chill yeah. So the one thing That no one seemed to talk about Or even care about Was the actual restaurant experience The surprising growth of the company Was predominantly due To the sheer novelty of the brand everyone wanted to go at least once and that's exactly how many times most customers went to a planet hollywood and let me just say when you go to a planet hollywood and i looked up the menus from the 90s and now because there are still some now spoiler alert they didn't even make the effort to make their rest their, their menu like movie themed like, how hard would that be? So I took it upon myself to write down a bunch of... I don't want to burn through these super fast because I have so many, but I can't spare you any this of them. This is
1: what the Planet Hollywood menu should have been. Yes. Listen up, fucking... Ho- guys.
0: Yes. Are you hungry for a sandwich? How about the last action hero? <laughs> All right. Do you want some pasta, spaghetti, and meatballs starring Bill Murray? <laughs> Maybe you want, like, a heartier sandwich. Let's get the Philadelphia cheesesteak. <laughs> Is that a little too bummery for you? You can get another AIDS movie-themed sandwich, the Dallas Buyers Club. You can get chicken run fingers. Maybe it's breakfast time. You get True Grits. Oh my god. It, you, you're feeling a little down south. Let's get some forest gumbo. You, you need a refill of your drink. Go to the Brokeback Fountain. You know, if you eat too much of this stuff, by the way, you'll get a Top Gun. Oh but, shit. You could also get the out sliders oh. or an easy slider. Fuck. If you get chips, you can get a side of queso blanca. Uh, <laughs> y- you could also go traditional as fuck and just get an order of fried green tomatoes. <laughs> Jesus, you can get soup in a night of the living bread bowl. Uh, maybe you're a little bit older, you know, in your mid thirties, wondering what life's all about. You can get the big chill Oh y- shit. Yeah, you, you know, maybe you need a side of mayonnaise to society. Uh, fuck, you get a fight club sandwich. <laughs> Get a mac and cheese in me. <laughs> you, get <laughs> you get a Lord of the Fries or Lord of the Onion Rings. That one's was a little too easy. Uh, again, I can't believe they didn't have that. Hot Pocket Lips Now. Yeah, that Thing You Fondue. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Valley. Oh. Hot dog day afternoon, they live in onions. It's all cooked on Mean Grills, by the way. And uh, if you need another appetizer that's a little spooky, you can get Phantom of the Okra. Jesus, is <laughs> if, it so hard?
1: If you guys ever need help opening up any sort of business, please contact Ryan. Oh, oh that's copyrighted. How, how long did that take you?
0: That took me about half an hour. Jesus. But it's sitting in
1: complete silence at uh, my day job. Oh my so God. <laughs> yeah. I, at, at the very bare minimum, I wish they had a Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> you know, come on,
0: she's right there, guys. Did you get some like a glass of Mr. T. Fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, don't get me started now. God damn it. All right. Planet Hollywood's reputation began to sour as word of the mediocre food and poor service began to spread. And by the fourth financial quarter of nineteen ninety seven, the company suffered its first loss, which amounted to forty million dollars. Oh. Yeah. And that's not a lot, considering that by this time, profit-wise, the owners had surpassed sure. the $3 billion mark, but it was a sign of things to come. So co-founder Keith Barris left the company in 1998, most likely because he could sense trouble brewing. However, something no one could have expected was the terrorist bombing at the Planet Hollywood in Cape Town, South Yo, Africa, li- Yeah, which claimed the lives of two people. And while the attack had nothing to do with the company itself, it was the first of a landslide of blows that the brand was about to endure. You know that you have a popular restaurant if you can open one in South Africa, and that's the most viable terrorist target.
1: Great point. Yeah, that's a
0: great point. They're like, well, shit. It's like uh, they don't have the Olympics this year. Yeah,
1: Planet Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: great. <laughs> having- Where do the most people in South Africa go? Planet Hollywood. This dude's eating
1: the mac, mac and cheese in me. yeah,
0: yeah. It's like, but first let's get some uh, mayonnaise to
1: society and a Philadelphia yeah. cheese. Steak. Can we, can we kill them after we? Eat? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. This looks pretty good, boss. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I
1: didn't think I'd like this place, but I'm looking at the menu here. And yeah, the... yeah.
0: And, uh, maybe I'm reconsidering.
1: Like, no, no, it has to be Planet Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah.
0: The end of year loss for Planet Hollywood in 1998 was upwards of 200 million dollars, and the company had found itself. In and 300 million dollars in debt. In order to remedy this, Earl decided it was time to start closing the less profitable locations, but with so many locations in operation, the closures did little to help the situation. Planet Hollywood had blown its wad, so to speak. The nail in the coffin truly was the overly ambitious expansion that coincided with the public's loss of interest in the brand. It was on October 12th, 1999, a few weeks shy of the 8th anniversary of the very first opening of A Planet Hollywood that the brand and the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Shortly after this announcement, the stock value dropped to just $1 per share.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. It's like a landslide. I mean... That's like They opened in 1991. This is 1999. Like, they... Uh, thanks to the internet. Millions and millions of dollars were being made. <laughs> to one and buck. It, it wasn't enough. Oh. It just wasn't enough. The crash was so severe that Robert Earl was not just closing locations, but was also selling off the memorabilia that gave people a reason to visit a planet Hollywood in the first place. Stripping the walls of its fucking niceness. He's like, wait, we have the, the uh, DeLorean model from Back to the Future 3.
1: <laughs> What'll that fetch me? It's, it's a, it's a, well, like, that'll keep
0: our bar backs
1: on on the bill for another couple it's weeks. A covered wagon. Yeah, I, I like to think that they had like from T two, they had like Arnold's jacket, pants, and shoes. And that, like, when you went seven years later, it was just the shoes. Yeah, you know they like, but and the, it's one the, shoe. Yeah, and it's like the, still, <laughs> still the same fucking display case, but there's just like one shoe. Yeah, sold the rest of them. <laughs> exactly.
0: That that's like fucking what's happening. Oh god. So through the selling of assets, rampant closures of not just Planet Hollywoods, but also All Star Cafes and Marvel Mania, and also not to mention company wide layoffs, hundreds and hundreds of people losing their jobs, Planet Hollywood was able to come out of bankruptcy. But that's also, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that Robert Earl personally purchased the majority of Planet Hollywood stock himself in order to make this happen. This escape from bankruptcy was short-lived. The company would re-enter bankruptcy in 2001. Spokespersons for the brand cited the effect 9-11 had on the economy as the reason, but failed to mention the $131 million in debt that was plaguing the company that was, like... That they fell into during this reacquisition that Robert Earl was trying to do. Total. So in the in trying to save the company, he racked up over a hundred million dollars in debt. But they're like
1: nine eleven. When Met Syndicate goes under, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> it was 9/11. It was 9/11. <laughs> yeah. had nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah,
0: likely story. Yeah, pal. it wasn't
1: my fucking attitude or anything. Yeah, but... I'm sorry.
0: They didn't crash into Planet Hollywood, dude. So, <laughs> but <by> <laughs> Jesus, by 2003, there were only 27 Planet Hollywood locations in operation, and that is when Robert Earl merged his company with Starwood Hotels. The two leisure giants formulated the next phase of the Planet Hollywood mission: resorts. After years of planning and conceptualizing, Planet Hollywood Las Vegas opened in 2007. The full-on hotel and casino opened in what was previously the themed out as fuck hotel and casino, the Aladdin, which you probably couldn't have nowadays. Uh, Funny thing though, Caesar's Palace on the Vegas Strip, right across from where the Planet Hollywood Casino was, has a Planet Hollywood restaurant, and because like during the height of Planet Hollywood they had sold this like long term contract for the exclusive rights to be the only like hotel that could have a Planet Hollywood in it when Planet Hollywood opened their own hotel and casino they weren't actually able to open up a restaurant yeah. because <clears throat> little I was a little Caesars Caesars <laughs> Palace had so, the
1: rights so a when Aladdin casino closed i wonder if they said a whole new world yeah and then planet hollywood yeah started. and that whole new world yeah. is planet hollywood yeah and b uh re- re- Replying to Ryan's story here, me and my wife were in Vegas like maybe three or four years ago. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Planet Hollywood still exists in some form here. And we we're super, you know, fucking high and drunk and <laughs> doing, doing Las Vegas shit. You know what I mean? Sure. And we went to the Planet Hollywood Hotel and we looked everywhere and we we're like, what the fuck is going <laughs> yeah, on? And we of street, asked dude. someone and someone's like, it's not in the Planet Hollywood Hotel. It's in fucking Caesar's Palace. So we went over to Caesar's <laughs> Palace, dude. And we were like, where is this? It wasn't even in the kitschy, like, uh, cool areas. If you go to the very ass end, there's, like, a uh, cul-de-sac type of situation. Right. And it's on the top floor of a cul-de-sac. It's, like, 1,000 square feet. It, I thought I was Where go- restaurants go to die. Dude, I thought I was going into a Chinese restaurant in the south shore of Massachusetts when I walked in there. <laughs> there was, like, one axe, like, Jack Torrance's axe from The Shining, and two women at the counter that, like, no one else was in there. They're like, hi, like, how many? And we're like, is this is this a bootleg? Or yeah. is it, like, what is happening, Yeah, dude? it's Planet Hollywood, Florida. Uh, no, was, uh, dude, I was like, where the fuck am I, dude? I, I can't believe it's still connected. Yeah. You had explained it to me earlier.
0: Yeah, it, no, it's hilarious, though. You open up, like, okay, Planet Hollywood, the casino, that's the thing, if you open up in the middle of the Vegas Strip, you're gonna do well, at least for a while, just because of where you're at. Yeah, the so, like, that's where Britney Spears had her, her last residency. I mean, like, it's nothing to, like... People are always going, you know. Yeah, As Planet Hollywood restaurants uh, continued to close, Robert Earl found new success with this sandwich joint, the Earl, as in Robert Earl of Sandwich, the Earl of Sandwich. They opened their first one, I believe, it was in Disney World, and that's a multi-million dollar company. You, I know that there's folks listening that have heard of the Earl of Sandwich, um, but this is like this is like um, in a. Are You Afraid of the Dark when a kid is so obsessed with comic books that he ends up like becoming in the comic book? Yeah. This guy was so obsessed with theme restaurants, he became the theme. The Earl. Yeah, he's like the Earl of Sandwich. His company also acquired the chain of heavy-helping Italian restaurants, Buca de Beppo, in 2008. Yeah, let's hear it. I'm let's hear huge, it for the real guys. I'm a know?
1: huge fan of Bucca de Beppo. I love Bucca de Beppo. Catch me at Universal Studios having a dip bread and a fucking wine. Oh, dude.
0: Wine. Dude, catch me there having fucking the garlic bread with full cloves. Uh, but also, <laughs> I had a buddy that used to like he thought Buca di Beppo was probably like the top tier of Italian dining and he's like no dude we gotta go like some real Goomba shit Buca di Beppo it probably
1: is the top tier of New Jersey Italian but I'm like dude you know what I mean but
0: they they acquired Buca di Beppo in 2008 for 28 million (laughs) dollars like chump change really compared to how much they used to make but also impressive that he was able to afford that as it stands now there are only six Planet Hollywood restaurants left in the entire world two of which are located at Disney Parks, uh, one in Orlando, one in Paris. The others are in – I'm probably going to mispronounce this and i sound like an idiot – Qatar, and then Malta. And then Las Vegas has one, and the Los Angeles Airport and the Tom Bradley International Terminal.
1: So Ryan told me this earlier. I was just uh, in Europe for my honeymoon, and I went to Tom Bradley International Airport, and I did not see it because there must be different terminals within – the Tom Bradley? I don't well, know. they're
0: also huge. Like, like, why would you walk to the end of a terminal if you're at six and there's 12? Because I always
1: fucking know. I want to know what's in there, dude. I'm always pretty aware of that shit. <laughs> yeah, you're a shitty things guy. Oh, I love, you love the shitty things. shit, dude. And when he told me that Planet <laughs> Hollywood was in LAX, I almost had a fucking stroke.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to eat there in October. Let's just go. Um, Let's take a...
1: Uh, uh, an Uber right now. We'll just eat inside and then leave. Oh, you can't even get in unless you have a Oh, you have to ticket. scan through. Yeah, because
0: you know you have to scan through. Yeah,
1: because oh. fucking things ain't what they used to be. So you need to spend a, th- a thousand plus to eat, to eat at all all Hollywood, Hollywood in L.A. <laughs> That's fucking So you can insane. spend another
0: thousand dollars on a fucking Bloody Mary and a chicken figure. Uh, a recent attempt at reviving the brand involved the inclusion of celebrity chef and all-around rad dude
1: guy. Fieri
0: Fieri Who is now um, From my understanding The food director I want to say Executive chef But I think at Planet Hollywood You don't have an executive chef You have a food director Sure But uh, he took over And like that's like A big selling point At Planet Hollywood's now Is like a little picture of Guy But You're he like, has his own Chain of He has like multiple chain restaurants Yeah but he's
1: not above Taking a fat check From a failing place Why don't you hit him up With all those fucking Sweet menu item. Oh ideas? I know
0: Oh dude The Philadelphia cheese. Do you day. know what their menu
1: it, Has it changed it, it, No it's not themed you right. need it. We need a fucking. It's not
0: themed. It's it's like Cobb salad and shit.
1: So- Thai Cobb salad. That would be the uh, All Stars sports grill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what does it all mean? What does it all mean? Planet Hollywood. I guess it means slow down. Even the hottest plate of previously frozen appetizers can go cold. Planet Hollywood was as good, if not a better idea, than Hard Rock Cafe. But the difference was patience. Just because you have the money to expand your seemingly successful business immediately does not mean you should. Ambition is an important part of starting a business venture, but so is careful planning and calculated risk. In the food business, quality is king, and even the coolest movie props won't keep people coming back. Planet Hollywood was a theme restaurant, but maybe it would have lasted longer if they put the restaurant part before the theme part. And that's what Ho- planet Hollywood means to me again. Please sign up to our Patreon patreoncom slash So I can get a planet Hollywood denim jacket that you could see me in when we start doing our live shows, which is coming soon. The first one of which will be in Los Angeles. We will give you the date. It'll be sometime early 2023. Um, also, I want to give a huge shout out to my main source of information for this. It was so quintessential and so tight. Um, check out, the series bankrupt on youtube it's put out by bright sun films that's the account on on youtube he has a whole series of failed businesses and it really nailed us and i back checked all the info from his 15 minute long video and it's super legit so i can only assume that all of his other shit is legit also we got a ton of new listeners lately so welcome if this is your first episode checking us out How's it going? Keep on dumping, but also make sure you check out the backlog. There's plenty there for you. Eric, where do we
1: find your shit? Uh, I I make stupid things on the internet under Meth Syndicate. uh, But fuck me. Support Culture's Dumps, dude. Go back. If you haven't heard their other episodes, Ryan is the man uh culture dumps is going to do a live show in 2023 at lax at the tom bradley international airport <laughs> tickets planet are hollywood, a thousand dude. bucks yeah and hooray the- <laughs> for
0: planet hollywood exactly make sure you guys follow us on instagram at culture dumps send us emails with suggestions comments concerns all that shit at culturedumps at gmail.com i'm ryan Lichten, been joined by eric d of Mess and kit keep on dumping you